Welcome to Parkview On The Go, everyone. I'm Dan, one of the pastors here, and we're really glad you joined us today. Hey, Parkview is the kind of church where regardless of your past or your story, you can take a step toward God. Now, whether you've been around the church for a long time or this Jesus guy is new to you, God has a step for you to take, and we want to help you discover what that is. The easiest way to do that is by visiting parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. Fill out the form there, and we will get the conversation started with you. Something else that's true of Parkview is that we try to be as generous as we can possibly be. From our COVID relief fund to providing meals to frontline workers, our church is full of people who care about being the hands and feet of Jesus outside the church walls. One way that you can practice generosity is by participating in Parkview's baby shower. And before you think I'm crazy, let me explain what I mean. Two of our partner ministries support, care for, and share Jesus with young moms in the Chicagoland area. And we as a church are hosting an online baby shower to provide them with resources that will help them accomplish their mission. And the cool thing is that because this is happening online, you can participate from wherever you are. All you've got to do is go to parkviewchurch.com slash baby shower, where you'll find a link that'll take you straight to an Amazon shopping list. And if you forget that link, it's not a big deal. You'll actually hear more about it a little bit later on in the service today. And before we get started, I do want to say a huge thank you to every person who supports the ministry of Parkview through your giving. Because you've chosen to practice generosity by giving to your local church, thousands of people are encountering the love of Jesus each and every week. Living generously really is the best way to live. So if you want more information on how you can begin giving to that mission, just go to parkviewchurch.com give. Thanks again for being here today. We're going to join our broadcast campus where the band is going to lead us in a couple of songs and Pastor Todd will continue our teaching series, Crazy Stupid Love. And then I'll be back a little bit later to close us out. Enjoy the rest of the service, everyone. All right, honey, you ready for a masked up, hand sanitized, COVID can't stop our yes. love and Valentine's Day date? Uh, yeah, but you haven't told me what we're going to do. Well, looky here, looky here, oh, what do we have? The person in my life who always makes I love you so. Hey, that's what you say. That's what you say. Tell me, baby, baby, please don't go away. Don't go away. Where we play? Yeah, where we play. I wanna stay. I wanna stay. Always be my girl. Yeah, this is what I say. Glad you're here. I want to say hello to everybody all around our campuses in Chicagoland this weekend. Homer Glenn, hello to you. New Linux, 
everybody around Orland Park, everybody, of course, online, on Facebook, and folks around the country and around the world, welcome, welcome. This is really, uh, it's a good weekend, it's kind of a strange weekend, it's the first ever, I think, uh, COVID-19 Valentine's weekend, and so I know sometimes it's hard to figure out what to do. It's like, what do you want to do? Let's go to church. That'll be our date. You know, that's Valentine's. And I love this video, you know, that we've just seen where, you know, we're trying to have dates, you know, at Target or the grocery store or watching movies in the car or something like that. We're trying to come up with all kinds of just creative ways and, and things to do, you know, for Valentine's Day. So, I wish you well in that, and uh, if being on church on the weekend counts as your Valentine's Day, then uh, thank you, good, praise God for that. Uh, for me, it's kind of a strange day and weekend, I, I'm here solo this weekend, my wife didn't come with me, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little snowy, um, and uh, so she's, she's home, she has a, a person that she's coaching and with, and so she's not, we're apart from each other, which is rare, and uh, earlier this week, we were sitting on the couch, uh, just talking about the week, talking about the weekend, and, and I said, Renee, I said, um, are you really okay with, with me being away, you know, on Valentine's Day and the weekend and stuff like that? It's, it's not a typical thing for us. And, and she looked at me, and here, here's what she said to me. She said, Todd, we're like empty nesters now, so pretty much every day is Valentine's Day for us. And I was like, hello, yes going to be some good days, right? Anyway, okay, um, probably enough information there. Uh, crazy Stupid Love. We're, we're in this series that we're continuing called Crazy Stupid Love. We're talking about this relationship attachment model by this uh, fantastic author, uh, pastor, leader, uh, professor, Dr. John Van Epp. And uh, we're going to continue on into this study today. It's so, so good. If you haven't been around the last couple weeks, uh, check those out from Pastor Tim we're jumping into the third week right now, but what we've discovered over the course of the last uh, couple weeks uh, when it comes to the relationship attachment model is that when it comes to our love, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our lives, there's a sequence to how it grows or how our relationships grow in a healthy way. And so we learn to know someone and then we learn to trust them, then we learn to rely, commit, and then we get to the place where we get together, we're physical, we're intimate, and we t all those sorts of things, right? And, and so what happens so often in our lives is that we get some of this out of order, and it starts to just kind of wreck some of our relationships. So, so we know someone, for instance, just a little bit. We're, we're just getting to know someone, and we say, oh, man, man, I, they are amazing, and we just put all of our trust in them. And it's like, no, 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 that's too much. That's too much. You just met them. You're just getting to know them. And, and so we need, to bring it, we need to bring it down a little bit, right? Or we, we know someone a little bit, so we're just, you know, we're starting to trust them a little, and, and then we just start to completely rely on them for, for, for everything. And, and it, we just get it a little bit out of order. Or we go, you know, a little way too far. We're just getting to know someone barely at all, or maybe it's just like this. Maybe there's like one no. We got one no. We've known them once, okay? We've, we just met them, right? And then we go like up here. We're like, this is... Touchy, touchy is touchy. Tim, Tim told me touchy is touchy. Touchy is touchy. And then we just, you know, we're physical. We hook up, I just met you. Hello. You know, and, and, and we move to that. And, and, and we can get things kind of out of touches. I'm just not going to keep touching that, okay? Quit touching the touch. Don't touch, okay? Let's pray and go home, okay? Just don't touch. That's it. That's the lesson. 
<laughs> what? I think Tim's doing this to me. I, I saw an article about all of this and how we get it out of order. It's, it's an article I read this week about this guy. Uh, check out this headline. Man accidentally proposes to girlfriend after taking Ambien. Uh, <laughs> here's what happened. True story. This guy wakes up in the morning and his, his girlfriend, who's there with him, is wearing the engagement ring that he had hidden in his nightstand that he was going to give to her months or a year from now. But evidently, he took some Ambien in the middle of the night hey, honey, um, let's be married. And so he proposes and he blames it on the Ambien. That's probably not a great place to start a relationship, right? As, as we go back over here, we, we need to learn to know the person a little bit. And then as we get to know them, we start to trust them. We, 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 we've watched them, we know them, we've spent some time with them, we've texted with them, we've talked with them, we've done a Zoom call with them, we've gone to Target with them, you know, put it in COVID world, and then we, you know, we're trusting them more and more, and then as we trust them more and more, we can also begin to rely on them. And that's what we want to spend some time in today. As we get through some of the trust things, how do we really become somebody that we can rely on them and they can also rely on us? It's a really important part of our relationships, and and what happens a lot of times when it comes to relying on other people, is we go to one of two different extremes when it comes to this idea of relying. The, the first extreme is that we become too dependent on people. And we just like really latch on to them and we rely on them for everything. And now relying in a healthy way, again, is a, is a really good thing. It's, it's part of our, our model. But, but when we can't go anywhere or do anything or say anything without somebody's permission or their uh, applause, you know, or, you know, or something like that, then, then we're too dependent, we're co-dependent on them. And maybe you've seen that, maybe you've been at that place in your life before, and you know that that's not a healthy type of reliance. And then the other extreme that we can oftentimes go to is we can be too independent, where it's like, I don't, I don't, need, I don't, I don't need anybody. I don't need no man, you know, kind of thing. Right, ladies? I don't need no man, right? And, and we're just, we're, 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 we can just do it all by ourselves. And, and in fact, there's a word that goes along with this, uh, it's a word that uh, I don't even think, I'm not positive about this, but I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't even in our vocabulary like a decade ago. This, this word, I'm not even sure it existed really a decade ago, but now it is a part of all of our minds and our vocabularies, and it kind of leads us towards more of this independent, uh, it's, it's this, it's selfie, right? It, you you want to take a selfie? Well, let's take a selfie. Uh, we live in a selfie world, right? We're always just getting, you know, hey, check better. You know, getting a selfie with him or her. And I, 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 I heard this week a joke that somebody said, you know why we call it a selfie? It's because most people can't spell narcissism. So it's called a selfie. It's just, easy, just easier, right? I, I, think there's, I, think there's, I think there's some truth to that. We, we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a selfie world, and I, I enjoy taking selfies and stuff like that too, but, but let me ask you this. When, when you take a selfie with someone, uh, and then you see the picture, who, who are you looking at when you're taking it with a few people? You look at you, usually, right? When I'm taking a selfie with a group of people, and I look at the picture, I'm not looking at my wife or looking at you know, my friends or looking at my kids or something like that. I'm looking, I'm looking at me. Is my hair Okay. Is my smile messed up? Did I, did I do the messed up smile? And, and if it is messed up, then I'm like, hey, okay, hey, 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 uh, that, that, that was good. Hey, hey, here, okay, hey, can, can, can we do one more? Can we do one more? Can we take one more? One more selfie? 
You ever been there? It's just not right for some reason. I, I didn't look. I, it's the independence. I, did, I didn't look. I, I, can we do another one? Or if it's really good, if it's a really good picture, say, hey, that, I mean, that's post-worthy. Could you, could you, could you send that to me? If you, if you can send that to me, that, that, that's post-worthy, right? And I, I, I do that. And so we, we, live, we live in this world, and I'm kind of making a joke about it. As you can see, I'm kind of making fun of it, but it's just this whole idea of this, this selfie world, this, this independence, this, this focus on ourself, on myself, can lead us away from a healthy dependence and noticing and relying on others. A lot of times we may not say this all the time, but here's some of the things that get in our heads. You've heard these before. If it's going to be, it's up to who? Me, right? I'm going to have to do this. I'll have to figure this out. If you want something done right, you do it how? Yourself. Do it yourself. I'm going to get it done. Because I, I, I found I, just, I can't rely on her. I can't rely on him. So I'm going to do this myself. You have to watch out for who? For number one. And, 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 and I understand these things in our world. And I understand why people get, and I can easily get to this place relationally. But it's in opposition to what the Bible says, to what the Word of God says for our lives. Take a look at this in the Bible in the book of Romans. We are all one body in Christ. We belong to each other, and each, and each of us needs all the others. We belong to each other. We need each other. It's not, it's not just a selfie world that we live in that we're relying on. And here's something I know about you. And maybe you're thinking, Todd, you don't really know me and we've never really met. And I, I know I haven't met all of you. Or maybe you're new here this weekend and you're thinking, well, you've never even met at all. And that's weird that you know me. I'm, I'm, here's something I know about you and I know really about every single person on this planet. And that is you were never intended to do life alone. You just weren't. You were created to rely on God and on others. And I know that can be hard, really hard, but you were created to rely on God and on others. We were created for community. And this, this isn't a new thing. This has been going on since the beginning of time, basically since the beginning of creation. I have Genesis 1 open in my Bible right here. If you have a Bible or a smartphone or a tablet or whatever, Genesis chapter 1, let's just look at this for just a moment. In the very beginning, God created this reliance into this world and into us as human beings. Genesis chapter 1, God starts creating things. In chapter 1, verse 4, he creates the light and he says it's good he creates the water and the land. He says it's good. He creates the vegetation and all that. And he says it's what? Good. He says it's good. He does the day and the night. He does the fish and the birds and the sea. And he does everything on the land. And he says it's good. He comes down to the end of creation. He creates us as human beings. He says it, that, it's very good. God is incredibly pleased with the, the world that he has created. And so he rests on the seventh day, right? That's what it says on the seventh day he, he rests, but he doesn't rest for long because as you get just a few verses into the very next chapter, chapter two of the book of Genesis, you find that something is not good. All the something, something is not good. Check this out. You know what it is? Genesis chapter two, verse 18, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So all these things are good, but that's not good. And think about this. This, this. this is amazing to me. Because there's no sin in the world. There's no sin at all. There's no disobedience at all. There's nothing separating. 
God and, and, and man. It's this perfect relationship. And yet, even in this perfect world with God and Adam walking together, something is not good. Something is not right. Adam feels alone. And you may think, like I think a lot of times when I'm looking at this, well, he's not really alone. I mean, I mean, he's not completely alone. God's there, right? I mean, God's with him, but he still feels alone. You ever been there? Don't raise your hand or anything on this, but have you ever known that God is there, but you still feel alone? I know he's there, Todd. I know he cares for me, but I still feel really alone. That's what's going on here. Adam needed somebody with skin on, that he could rely on, that he could do life with. And this is so important, so important. Don't, don't miss this, Parkview. You were created, I was created for two relationships, with God and with others. And this trickles down, this truth that we're talking about right now, that we're reading about, it trickles down into every single person who has ever walked on this planet. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian. We were created for two relationships. We were created to rely on God and to rely on others. And so let's take a look at this. How how does this practically play out? Let's just get as real as we can this weekend on what this looks like in our relationships when it comes to love and affection and all of those sorts of things. And so let's let's start. I'm going to start. I'm going to kind of break this up into two pieces because I tried to do it a different way and it didn't really work. It was a little confusing. So I'm going to start a little bit by talking to married people. So if you're married, coming at you, married people. And if you're a single person right now in this season of your life, I'm going to circle back around and talk to those of you specifically who are single in just a little bit as well. And a lot of these things will overlap, but first of all, with married people. Um, The person that you're married to, if you're married, should be the most important person on the planet to you, right? I mean, you should be able to depend on them, and they should be able to depend on you. That's how it's supposed to work. But sometimes what happens is because men and women are so different, what happens is we can, you may not believe this, but we can drive each other a little crazy when it comes to love. And when it comes to relationship, and, and all of that can put distance between us. So we get married and we're close, we're relying on each other, but then we get more and more and more distance between us because we're so different. And there's a psychologist who did this test, and he put this, he, he, he gave this huge group of people, mixed group of men and women, the same sentence. And he asked this group of people to put the punctuation in the sentence. So here's the sentence he gave them. Man with, a woman without her man is nothing. And so he gave that sentence and he told this group, put the punctuation where you think it should go. Here is how most of the women punctuated this sentence. Woman without her, hello, man is nothing. Okay? (laughs) Right? Here's how... Most of the men, woman without her man is nothing. We're just different. 
We're different in how we do all sorts of things. I heard one person say that before you get married, opposites attract, and we know that's true. But I also have heard it said that once you get married, sometimes opposites can attack. And I think that's also true. There's lots of differences, and we say to ourselves, you know what, I know that I, I've gotten to know you, and, and, and I want to trust you. If we come back over here, right, to the board, I, I know you, and, and I, and I want to spend time trusting you, but maybe you've broken some of my trust, like Pastor Tim talked about last weekend, right? And so I'm trying to earn some of that back, and I know you, and I want to trust you, but here's, here's the thing. I'm, I'm having a hard time really growing my reliance on you. I feel like I'm going to have to do all this myself. My trust is, is going down. I feel like I don't know you as well as I did. And in our marriage, this happens sometimes. In, in our marriage, listen, if anything's going to get done, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to be the one that takes care of the kids. I'm going to have to be the one that gets the grocery store. I'm going to have to be the one that cleans up the house. I'm, if, I'm going to have to take this family on my back. Because I'm not sure I can rely on you. And what happens I've seen this happen in in my life, in my marriage. Maybe you've seen it happen in yours or others. What happens is we don't see it at the moment, but if we allow this ongoing, unhealthy independence, where I'm just going to figure it out. I know we're supposed to be doing this together, but I'm just going to figure this out. It creates distance, more and more distance between us. And it gives the evil one room to operate in our lives. Most of you who are married, you're probably familiar with this verse. You've seen it somewhere where it talks about in Ephesians, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, right? You're probably familiar with that, seen it somewhere. The way this is usually applied to married people is don't go to bed angry. Don't, don't allow yourself to go to bed while you're still upset. And I think that's good. I, th- I think that's a good thing. And uh, I'll tell you, my wife, uh, Renee, and I, we've, we've tried to live this out. There, there are uh, a number of times that we have stayed up very late, <laughs> late, 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 trying to work through and talk through things. And we get up in the morning and we're incredibly exhausted and tired because we stayed up till all hours trying to work through things. And listen, that's a good thing. That's okay. It's, it's better to try and shrink that distance and not, you know, let that anger turn on the rotisserie grill of your heart all night long. That's a good thing. Uh, but staying up late and talking, how many of you know there are some issues and some things in our lives that we just can't stay up and figure out and talk through in one night? Amen? There's just some of those things that can't, we can't get through in just a few hours or late at night. And, and the reason is because some of those issues and some of those things that we're trying to resolve today have nothing to do with today. They happened days or weeks or months or years or even decades ago. And here's here's what happens. Here's what happens. The distance that you feel today, sometimes in your relationships, in your marriage, is often not related to anything that happened today. That's why it's so hard to figure out. I know I'm upset. I know I feel distance. I know I, man, you are, I can't, I can't stand you. But I, I don't even know if it was anything that happened today. It's, it's happened, something that happened way, way back. And I think that's why when Paul says there in Ephesians, he says, listen, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. It, here, here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, don't allow distance 
to carry over from season to season of your life. It, it's, just, it's, going, it's not just going to bed angry. That, that, that's the thing we don't want to do. But he's also saying don't carry over things from one season to another season to another season of your life because it's going to cause distance between you. Don't allow the anger that you feel today to carry over into tomorrow and create distance. Don't allow that distance that you start to feel today to carry over into tomorrow. Friends, listen, if you're married and if you're here today on any campus, if you're here this uh, at Orland, New Lenox, Humber Glen, if you're online and you feel some distance between you and your spouse right now, it's, it's valentine's weekend and it's not the best so far (laughs) and you're feeling some distance growing between you listen i would just encourage you just give attention to that do whatever you can to shrink the distance every day i think that's what paul is saying that's what the bible is saying don't allow it to grow and grow and grow until you don't have any idea where it even started don't don't allow and carry over what happens in your single life into your married life as much as possible don't carry over the hurt or the pain from your first marriage into your second marriage as as much as it's possible don't allow that distance to grow in relationships why is that well it's it's because paul goes on here in ephesians he says this because what happens is and do not give the devil a foothold If, if you allow that distance to continue to grow i'm just going to rely on myself listen we've talked about this a hundred times I don't know if I can trust you. I'm just, and we get more and more and more distance, right, between us. It begins to give the devil a foothold into our lives, into our relationships if you're single, but especially into our marriages. And, and this whole idea of a foothold, maybe you've thought about a foothold before, studied what a foothold is. Uh, I've, I've read this, you know, probably a hundred times or something like that and preached it probably dozens of times, but I tried to dig more into it this week because I really wanted to know what that means when distance gets between us in husbands and wives. What does that foothold mean? And the word foothold is the word topos. It's the Greek word topos, and it means to stake out a claim or to climb into something or stake a claim out and it's yours. That's a foothold. And so I started thinking about with these footholds and things like that, I started thinking about climbers, people who climb. And, and this is what a, like a toehold or a foothold looks like, right? That, that little thing that you kind of put your toe on, you put your foot on to, so, you can, so you can climb up there. And some of you are like big climbers, you know, I know some of you are looking at me right now and like you have all the ropes, you know, and stuff. And you're like, hello, I climb. You know, you're, you're, you're into it. And others of you have done it, you know, like Chuck E. Cheese or something like that or somewhere. It's just, you know, with kids. And it's, like, it's not, not the same thing because you're still on the ground, but you got one. Anyway, so <clears throat> this, is, this is like climbing. This, this is your, your toehold, right? And, stuff. and the, the reason you have those is so you can stake out a claim, so you can get higher, so you can climb into something. That's what these toeholds and these footholds are all about. And so I started thinking about that in our lives. And, and that's what it looks like. So you put these on a wall, and now you can start to scale and get into something. And what happens, I think, is as I look at this, there's a bunch of little ones, and there's like a little one here and a little one here, and then there's a big one. And I think in our lives, a lot of times, these, these, these toeholds, these footholds can start out small, but then more and more distance comes, and more and more anger, and more and more frustration, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, the evil one has a foothold in our lives. And, and some of our lives look like this. We have so many things that we've just kind of not talked about or let go. There's just footholds, toeholds all over the place. And so here's, listen, hear my heart on this. If you're married around here on this Valentine's weekend, I would just encourage you, do whatever you can to fight going to bed with distance between you. 
letting the sun go down from one season to another with anger on the books because it creates distance, and when it creates distance, it allows the evil one to get a toehold and to more easily climb into your life. And so let's just do whatever we can to reduce that distance every day. Now, for those of you who are are single and and, and not married, a lot of these same things absolutely apply in your relationships with friends or your fiancé or something like that. But if you're single, let me take us back again uh, to that verse we hit a little bit ago. We are all part of one body in Christ. We all belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. This isn't just for married people. This, This is for everyone. Single people, those of you who are single, some of you are single because you're not married yet. You really want to be married. You can't wait to be married. But you're just not yet. Some of you have been married and been divorced and you're not sure if you want to get married again. Some of you have lost a spouse. But I want you to know that if you're single, you're not meant to live in a solitary way. We're meant to rely on others. And I know, listen, listen, and I know Tim touched on this, I think, a little bit last weekend, but this pandemic has just exaggerated so much of this, being alone, and especially if you're single. But I want you to know, and I want you to be encouraged to fight this, to not just rely on yourself, and, but also re- choose to rely on others. You know, in the Bible, there's 59 different places that are called one another's, places where we're told to love one another and, and serve one another and pray for one another and encourage one another. There's 59 of those. And the truth is, especially, again, hear my heart on this if you're single, The truth is, you can't live out all of those one another's if every single night you're just by yourself, you know, watching Netflix, you know, night after night after night after night after night. And listen, 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 hear me. You say, well, Todd, you're not single. I know, I know. But listen, I'm I'm not down on Netflix or Paramount Plus or Hulu or the 60 million things we have. I'm just saying that if you allow that to cocoon yourself, and you never get out and rely on other people, that's a problem. Because your relationships are going to stall out. You're not going to continue to grow in your relationships. And I would encourage you, if you are single, some practical wisdom on this. I would encourage you, I know we're reopening around all of our campuses and different people are different levels of being comfortable with that. But if you're single, I would encourage you whenever you can to get to a Parkview campus. Homer Glen, New Lenox, Orland. And, and get around other people and attend a service and also serve at a service. There, there's no better way to rely on other people, especially when you're single, than to serve with them. Serve with some of the ushers or serve in the parking lot when it's not 11 below zero. And, and serve, you know, with the coffee team or serve with the kids or serve in local missions or global missions or something like that, but get around other people and serve. That teaches and shows and allows you to begin to rely on other people as well. And I know some of you are saying, well, Todd, I, I would love to, you know, do that. I'd love to serve and, you know, all those kinds of things. But I know some of you folks who are single at this point in life, you're saying things to me like this, but Todd, I just, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I just like being alone. I just like being alone. I'm fine by myself. I'm an introvert. I hear people say all the time, Todd, you don't understand. I am not a people person. And I know people can make you not want to be a people person. I get it. I get it. But you say I'm not a people person. And I think that's fine. That's great. But here's here's what I would say. Especially, again, give me grace here for those of you who are single at this season of your life. But here's what I would say to you. There's a big difference 
between preferring to be alone and being alone all the time. Between preferring to be alone and being alone all the time. If you're the type of person that says, I just don't want to have to rely on anyone, Todd. If you knew my story, I have been burned so many times by people. And it's just safer. It's just safer to do it alone. That grabs my heart and I understand it to a degree, but I also want to just say this to you. You're going to come to a season of life, a situation or a crisis in your life where you're going to wish you had cultivated relationships with other people, where you could rely on them and they could rely on you. And the time to start doing that is now. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes. It says one person falls and the other can reach out and, and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And I know that can be sobering. And I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to, to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to prepare you because there will be a day, no doubt about it, when you wish you had invested more in other people and relying on them and being reliable for them. And this goes for married people and single people, pulling this all together here, relying on others, but also relying on God. There's no doubt there will be a day when we wish we had put more of that trust and that reliance in God. And I know for some of you, listen, I speak to you through Instagram and Facebook on a regular basis through the week. And I know for some of you all around Chicagoland here, you have a hard time trusting God and relying on God. And it's for good reasons a lot of times. Maybe you grew up in the church, but then you went off to college and you had a roommate who was an atheist or something like that, or you had a professor who belittled faith and belittled Christianity and belittled the Bible, and you didn't know what exactly to do with that. Or maybe you hear all kinds of people talking about everything that Christianity has been responsible through throughout history and some of those different atrocities, they would say, or, or how such a loving God could have so much vengeance. And you start hearing those things, and it's like, how, how can I trust that God? Maybe you add some of your own doubts to that. Maybe you've lost a loved one in your life and you feel like God's forgotten about you or you've done some really bad things and you think God is somehow disgusted with you. And so it's hard to trust him or rely on him if you think he's disgusted with you or maybe you've been hurt by someone or hurt by a church or, or maybe this, maybe you've prayed to God and asked him to help or to heal and it just hasn't happened. And so you're sitting here this weekend as we talk about relationships with others and relationships with God. And you're saying, Todd, I get it. And I know you're the preacher and you've got the Bible and all that. But Todd, here's the deal. I just, I'm a little skeptical with people and I'm a little skeptical with God. I just, I'm not sure that God is that reliable. In fact, maybe you're thinking, I feel like I'm starting to kind of walk towards that atheistic mode where I'm not even sure if he exists. Listen, if you're there, or if you have a friend who's there, if you have a kid or a grandkid who is feeling like I don't even know if God's there, I feel like I'm walking towards this other direction, here's what I would encourage you to do. Here's what I would encourage your kid to do, your grandkid to do. Just pray this prayer. Pray this. This is, this is just called like the atheist's prayer. The atheist's prayer. God, I don't believe that you're there. I don't think you can hear or see me. But if I'm wrong, 
Make yourself known to me. Open my eyes and ears to hear and see and give me the courage to respond to the evidence that I find. If you feel like you're having a hard time, not just relying on others, but relying on God, just pray a prayer like that. God, I don't know if you're even really there, but if you are, make yourself known to me and help me to have the courage to live out what I see. You know, what we've been studying today, specifically in this third week of crazy, stupid love, is so much the story of the Bible. I was just thinking about it today, that in the Bible you have this whole notion that God could not stand the distance that sin put between us. And so he sent his son, Jesus, into this world to live a perfect life, and then yet also to die and then to raise again three days later so that if we would rely on him, we could be set free by putting our trust and reliance on him. Here's the way the Bible says it. We'll wrap it up here. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, or in the amplified version, the authority or the privilege to become children of God. That is, to those who believe in him, adhere or trust or rely on his name. That's where I want to challenge us today. When it comes to others, when it comes to God, to just say, hey, today, I'm not sure, but I'm going to take that step and I'm going to rely. I'm going to shrink the distance between me and others. And I'm going to put that trust and that faith in God. And in doing that, I'm going to have the opportunity to be called a child of God. If you need to do that today, if you're online, you can just type over in the little box section to the side that I want to rely on God. If you're on campus here, you can just say, talk to somebody who you came with or talk to one of the ushers or greeters. Hey, I want to rely on God. And and they can just begin to help you walk towards that. Amen. We can keep relationship going that way in a healthy, good way. You know, one last thing I'm going to pray, pray for us here. I was just thinking about this today. A, a good example of this, and I feel like this is really appropriate for us as a congregation, as a church. A really good example of this relying, can I come back over here? A, a really good example of this whole idea of rely that we're talking about today and, and somebody who's lived this out is Pastor Tim and his wife, Denise. Over the last few weeks, as you know, they've been relying a lot on others, been relying on doctors, been relying on nurses up at Mayo Clinic this last week for Denise's surgery. They've had to really rely on others big time. And it's a good thing that they had built that muscle in their lives to rely on others because they've really needed it now. And they've been relying on God to come through for them. They're at that moment in life where they really need it. And so praise God they've been able to develop that. But also for us, for so many of us, Pastor Tim and Denise are someone that we've relied on for decades around here. Some of you have relied on them all your life for spiritual things. And I was just talking to Pastor Tim this afternoon and uh, he said, man, Denise is doing great, praise God. And we can, he said, we can feel the prayers of people at Parkview, please keep them coming. And so it just made me realize, you know what? 
Pastor Tim and Denise are relying on us now. We rely on them a lot. They're relying on us right now in this season of their lives. It's not an easy season. And so I want us just to pray for them. And then we're going to spend some time with God and just being quiet and communing with him. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the fact that you broke down that distance between us gave us your son Jesus. God, thank you for the fact that we can rely on you, that we can rely on your son Jesus at every turn. That even when we don't see you working, you're working. That even when we're not sure you're there, you can show us that you are. If we'll just be open to that. God, I pray specifically for Pastor Tim and for Denise, especially as Denise, as she recovers. God, we offer up these prayers to you I pray right now, even this weekend, God, that they would feel our prayers, that that, that they could rely on us as we have relied on them. God, let these prayers and let our love and support feel as close to them as it has ever felt this weekend. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Well, I hope this series has been as meaningful for you as it has been for me. Relationships can be hard to navigate sometimes, so I love that we're gaining a better understanding of how God wants us to invest in our relationships with the people around us. Don't forget to invite some friends to join you online or right here on the podcast next week as we continue this conversation. And hey, if you decided to take a next step in your faith today, maybe for the first time, we are really happy for you and we'd love to hear about it. Again, the easiest way for you to let us know is by filling out the next steps form at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. Our team will be in touch so that we can help you continue to take next steps towards God. Thanks again for joining us today, everyone. We'll catch you next time.